Blog Talk Radio. Interviewing your favorite musicians, comedians, and other creative souls. This is the Carrie Edelman Show. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Carrie Edelman Show. I am very excited tonight. We have an amazing blues hard rock band coming on tonight called Ripped. And Stephen Keller, who is the guitarist and one of the founding members of the band, will be joining us in a moment. So I just want to do a brief introduction to the show, then I'm going to introduce the band, and then I will bring him on. First and foremost, I want to thank everyone for their continued support. It's just been an amazing year and a half plus now with the launch of this show, and I've had so many amazing guests on the show, and it's just really been a pleasure to support and promote them. A little bit about myself, Um, I have my doctorate degree in clinical psychology, and one of the things I really love to do is interview people, and uh, I also have a background in the entertainment industry, including doing some writing for some magazines. I have an album out as a solo artist, and then currently I have the radio show. So I thought, what a better thing to do than combine two of the things I'm passionate about and uh, help support people. Uh, Personally, I do everything independently, so I know how difficult and challenging it can be for people in the entertainment industry today, which is why, again, I decided to launch this show. So on my show, you're going to get a really good taste of what these people's lives are like, what it's like to be in their profession, and uh, some of the experiences they've encountered. Hopefully, uh, Stephen will have some entertaining stories to share with us tonight. I'm a big fan of comedy. So uh, I always like people to, you know, share some interesting stories about their lives uh, and their experiences on the show. A couple of things I just kindly request people keep in mind is uh, my show is purely for entertainment purposes. Uh, although I'm a psychologist, my show is, is not doing any type of formal therapy or treatment, and a lot of my guests laugh about that because they all say that the entertainment industry is crazy. So we can joke around, but it's, it's not going to be uh, any type of formal uh, treatment on the air here. And also, I want people to feel, you know, like they can talk about whatever they'd like. So if you want to review any uh, potentially embarrassing or humiliating stories, just please keep any uh, identifying information anonymous because I don't want to personally embarrass or humiliate anyone. So if you're tuning in, please create a Blog Talk Radio account by going to blogtalkradio.com. If you'd like to call in, the number is uh, 805-243-1320. It's also right on the uh, station page, so you can look for it there. I do have a chat room open, and I see several people in it right now, so thank you for joining us. It's going to be difficult on a one-person show, so if you do have questions, you can post them in the chat room. I will predominantly be focused on the interview, but I'll try to check in every now and then. But again, you can feel free to call in, too, and ask Stephen any questions that you'd like. So I'm going to do a brief introduction. I don't want to share too much about the band because I really want him to be able to hone in tonight on his band, his experiences, and we're going to talk about their brand new album that's out too. So the current incarnation of Ripped was formed in 2008, and uh, as I mentioned, Stephen Keller is one of the founding members of the band. He's also going to talk about all the other band members tonight, give them plugs. Um, Some highlights of the band, their current singer Steven, and I don't want to mispronounce his last name, so I'll let, uh, I'll let uh, the other Steven uh, tell us how to pronounce it. He was a um, previously heard as the worldwide singer for Slaughterhouse, and he had released two albums on Metal Blade Records in the 90s. Um, the band currently has two albums out. They are currently uh, promoting tonight King of the World. That's their most recent album. We're going to play one of the hit singles off of that, and also check out their uh, self-titled album, Rip 2, which is another album full length that they have out. 
They have played numerous gigs um, around the tri-state area, New York City, uh, including Dingbats, Crossroads, and Garwood, High Velocity, The Saint, and many other gigs. And also they've um, hooked up with uh, drummers that have performed with Drama Rama in color. So the band's got a lot of cool backing stuff behind them, too. So let's bring Stephen on the air, and then he can share his whole journey with us tonight. Hey, Steve. How are you? I'm doing very well. How are you tonight, Carrie? Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Thank you for joining us. It's a pleasure to bring you on and promote Ripped. I'm sorry. Can you repeat that? I didn't quite catch that. (laughs) I said it's a pleasure to have you on tonight and be promoting your band, Ripped. You there? Yes, yes. I'm just having some interference with the phone line. I apologize. Oh, that's okay. Are you on a cell phone or landline? I'm on a landline. Okay. All right. Well, hopefully, if for some reason something happens, you can always just, you know, let me know. You can always hang up and call right back in. I can always just punch you right back into the switchboard. Yeah, let, okay? me, let me call back in because let me see if I can get a better line on that. Okay. All right. Why I'll don't you right do that? Hang you. up and call right back. Okay. All right, everyone. Why Steven is calling back in, he was having a little bit of uh, some technical difficulties. Why don't I, uh, I don't want to keep it as just kind of dry air, no pun intended. So why don't I do a couple of quick plugs for some of the people that I endorse and that uh, promote the show. So one of the great things people should check out is Flirt Energy Drink. It is a female fitness energy product that is specifically formulated for the female athlete. Um, I've done a lot of endorsements with them. One of my hit singles, Vanilla Skies, is used to promote the product. So you could check them out at flirtdrink.com. Also, check out Quantum Lab Design, and that is just an amazing studio. They do tons of work for people in the advertising and the entertainment industry. So check them out. You can go to Quantum Design Lab. And it is, hold on one second, let me just get the other stuff here, quantumdesignlab.com. Check them out. They work with bands. They work with advertising agencies, do some really great design logos and a lot of other types of advertising mediums. And let me see if Stephen called back in. Not yet. All right, let's just wait for him to call back in. Also, be sure to check out Davin's Den. So if you're a fan of comedy, like I said in the beginning of the show, I'm a big fan of comedy. I'm a big fan of Howard Stern. Davin's Den is an awesome, fast-paced podcast featuring comedians Davin Rosenblatt, Joe Curry, and Pip Helix. So if you're looking for a show that can make you think and laugh out loud at the same time, check out Davin's Den. They go live Tuesday night at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time. And to watch live episodes, hear or watch old episodes of the show, you can go to davincomedy.com. All right, let's bring Stephen back on. All right, Stevie, there? Um, All right, good. All right, I got all my plugs out of the way. (laughs) Figured I'd uh, (laughs) be able to multitask and, and, you know, deal with the dead air for a minute. So, again, welcome to the show, and I'm really excited to promote your album tonight. Well, thank you very much. Thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Cool. So why don't we start a little bit out. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Where did you grow up? Um, are you originally from New Jersey? And how you got involved in music? All right. I, I got some of that. I'm going to let you know. I got I got a little bit of a tinnitus. I got a hearing problem. So with the phone, okay. I think between the frequencies and stuff, I'm having a little bit of a problem hearing you. But basically, Ripped was formed in New Jersey back uh, back in the late 80s. 
okay. I started the band, and we were good friends with Slaughterhouse, with Steve Straczynski, that's how we pronounce that, okay. uh, was, was the uh, front man for Slaughterhouse. And we used to share shows with them. We grew up together in Kearney, and, uh, you know, we were we were good friends in high school. And uh, so I started Ripped. We would play shows with Slaughterhouse. Brian McGee came on board uh, very early on in the band. He, he's been with every show since the second one. I met him in a pub. We had mutual friends. He loves the same music we love, Deep Purple, Alice nice. Cooper, Kiss. And he was intrigued because we did mostly covers at the time, but we wouldn't do the hits. We we would play maybe I'm a Leo instead of Smoke on the Water or Parasite instead of Rock and Roll All Night. Okay. So we'd go for the obscure songs, Desperado over 18 from Alice Cooper. So he thought that was interesting, a, a cover band that didn't do the hits. And what is, real quick, and just if, so, I can ask a, if I can ask a quick question, what did the audience think of that? Since, you know, a lot of the audience usually likes to go out and, like you're saying, hear all the popular songs, how did they respond to you guys doing more of these kind of, you know, unique, idiosyncratic songs? I think the response was good because cool. uh, we were doing what we wanted to do and we gave it our own slant and it pretty much influenced the way that we write. Because you can go see any number of bands that do the same material. Right. But, you know, all of a sudden when you do Don't Believe a Word from Thin Lizzy and somebody looks up and says, wow, I haven't <laughs> heard that one in a while. It, it's, I think it's more interesting myself. I and, do too. And, you know, it's, you want to have fun yourself or it's you don't really it's not worth doing so did you guys when when you started ripped did you go in with the intentions that you know you wanted to try to you know i guess so to speak take this band all the way try to get signed or was this more of just a project that you're doing because you just truly enjoyed music you wanted to play music and you know keep your daytime jobs or whatever you might be doing on the side a person for me and and all i can go by is me i wanted okay. to write so basically, I wanted to take this wherever that went. It wasn't so much monetary, even though we all need money, and, and I'm selling the album, you know, so don't anybody get me wrong, buy the music. But but it's not it's not what motivated me to do this. It, okay. it was about creating. Because I've been, I've been writing since I was a real young boy, and uh, I always designed my own greeting cards and wrote my own poems for my grandparents on holidays and and then girlfriends or whatever the case may be throughout the years. And then I started, uh, there was a band on my uh, on my block, and they were great. They were, they were, they were really a good group. These, these were older kids, and mm -hmm. I somehow managed to, to get in with them and hang out with them. And then I started pushing my words on them. So then I was a co-writer. Oh, cool. And uh, throughout time, then I finally joined that band. And when that band disintegrated, it actually went two different ways. Half of the band became a band called Thunder East, and they were phenomenal. And the bass player called me up and said, let's pick up the pieces and let's let's do something. And I, I said, you bet. And nice. we, we went on and started with our covers, and we took a couple of the originals that I co-wrote with them. And actually, Jack the Reaper from the new album and the Queens of Bitch from the new album were both from those days. Those are the original lyrics that a bunch of kids put together. And uh, I'm not sure that the Justin Biebers of today 
will be proud of what they're doing 20, 30 years down the road. <laughs> but the stuff holds up. I'm really, I'm really, you know, pleased with it. It wasn't some, some naive little kids writing this music. That's cool. That's cool to see how, as you're saying, over time, it's still relevant, and you can still hear it in today's age, even though you may have wrote it a handful of years ago. So that's that's awesome. And we're going to actually, in a little bit, we're going to play Jack the Reaper, so that's the song I picked. So that's really cool that you mentioned that one as being one of the ones you wrote a long oh, that's time ago. Great. Yeah, that was actually the first song that I ever officially wrote, the first one. The uh, Wow. I pushed it on my friend Billy Frank. He was the guitar player for the band Indulgence. And I was like, I got these words. And he, you know, he was just jamming and doing his thing. And I kept pushing him at him, and then he came up with the music. And then after that, me and him wrote many, many songs together. But usually he would come up with the music and say to me, what's this called? And I'd name it and write it. This was the opposite, the very first one. I had the lyric, and I pushed it on him. Nice. So it usually, as you said, usually you'll come up with the music first, and then you'll compose the lyrics to it. And do you also, um, Stephen, do you write the melody, or is that what your lead singer does, does he take the lyrics from you and then compose the melodies to the music? It, it actually, it works all different ways. There's no okay. exact science to it with me. Anything can trigger it. It could be a poem. It could be a, usually it's a riff now. It's a, I'll pick something up on the guitar and it'll basically tell me what it's called, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Usually the lyrics like, like with Jack the Reaper or, uh, or King of the World was written, I came up with the uh, music on that. The song basically writes itself once it it has structure. Nice. So, nice. so, you know, I don't, I understand writer's block, but fortunately I don't have that. Wow, And I got so much great. back material, I hope to not ever get it. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, that's the one thing, <laughs> I mean, even myself personally, I think, yeah, you can, I, I can see how musicians can sometimes get into a little bit of a rut and struggle with that. Um, so that's great that you don't have, you've never had that experience. Yeah, Very yeah. Cool. well, you know something, I don't want to tempt fate or anything, but the good <laughs> thing is that I do have a lot of material that there's just no time to get to everything. So what, and, what do you, and Brian McGee writes. What are you that? doing on the side? Do you have a full-time job in addition to oh, the Oh, yes, band? yes. I, uh, I dispatch police and fire. I, oh, nice. I do the, you know, we we work, we all have jobs and families and mortgages and a love for, for basically it's classic rock except it's brand new, so that's that's ironic. <laughs> it's a, <laughs> it's it a brand new classic rock we're creating. It is. It definitely has a unique sound, and I like the way you describe it as, you know, a blues hard rock, and I can also hear, as you said, you know, a hint of metal, you know, intertwined yeah, throughout you know, your music. Yeah, you know, it's weird. When we play shows, the club owners never really know where to put us because we're way too heavy <laughs> for the rock groups, and we're not headbangers. Right. There's, there's like a northern fried boogie. We're closer to Molly Hatchet than Metallica, but we have all the elements, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. It, there's kind of a groove to it, but it's it wasn't premeditated. That's just the way it came out. Right, that's just well, it's just kind of intrinsically how you guys write. So that's really cool. Yeah. How did you um? What is the meaning of the name of the band Ripped? How did you come up with that name? The, the uh, well, you know what? There's debate about that. Okay. My friend from Slaughterhouse, Danny Greco, was the guitar player. We work with Steve Shazinski now. 
mm-hmm. he tells me that he came up with the name. I think we were all in the same room throwing names out. And uh, I don't want to take any credit away from you, Danny. You're probably listening in. <laughs> but I thought I named the band because <laughs> I've okay. named several different bands I was in. And uh, and uh, I know he took pictures of us for, for our first promo shots, and he taped up the monitors, ripped. But uh, it's funny. We were sitting out this summer listening to L.A. Woman, our new single, at a, at a campground. And uh, he informed me that he named the group, and I, I didn't. I don't recall. <laughs> Okay, but outside of outside of naming the group, and I guess that's you know to be questioned who who really gets the honor of that. But what's the meaning behind it? Like, why did you choose the, the name? The meaning Rip? behind it was literally we were partiers. Okay. We were <laughs> ripped. You were was, literally uh, ripped. What we we were ripped. We have a song <laughs> on the first album that basically describes why we're named ripped. It's okay. our hey hey we're the monkeys. It's you know we're ripped, and it's a party in tune. And were you guys always like big partiers back in the day? Very big. It's yeah. gone down a, a bit. You know, now we're part-time partiers. Okay. Are we talking <laughs> anything like like heavy substance-wise? I mean, did anyone experience No, no, any... you know, we, we were always the beer crowd and okay. uh you know, it was always it was, it was about it was about just partying and and meeting people and making music and back then it was about maybe maybe Scoring the chicks or whatever, we can't really talk about that now because we're all married. But but that, right. that's what it was. We were real sociable, and to me, ripped was was just about about the booze, you know. Okay, gotcha. Okay, and well, now that... it means something entirely different with the muscles. Yeah. <laughs> you know, well, you that, that's say, when, you, a... when you look us up on on YouTube, you have to look ripped Keller, or you wind up with a bunch of weightlifting videos. Okay. <laughs> well, everyone listen to that. Look up Rip Keller, and that's uh, K-E-L-L-E-R, so you can find some videos yeah, on I'd these I'd say guys. look up Rip Szerzynski, but nobody could spell it. Yeah, that's why I didn't want to botch that in the beginning. I'm like, I'm just going to destroy this poor guy's name, so I'll wait for you to do it. <laughs> um, all right, so why don't we do this? Why don't you introduce, tell us a little bit about the meaning of uh, the song and the content of Jack the Reaper, and then we'll uh, we're going to check it out. Jack the Reaper, Jack the Reaper, like I said, is the first song that I officially wrote slash co-wrote. That came to me, if you remember Richie Blackmore's Rainbow, there was a video. You have to educate me with some of this stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Richie Blackmore's Rainbow, they were really cool. They they came out of Deep Purple, and and they were a hard rocking band in the 80s. That's right before MTV hit. There was a video on some cable channel called Night Flight, and uh, it was a song called Death Alley Driver. And I was sitting there in the middle of the night watching this video. And it was Richie was chasing Jolyn Turner, who was on a motorcycle, and Richie was in a in a limousine, chasing him down these little dirt roads. And I okay. was just watching this. And I was like, that's really cool. So without taking any of the song itself, I just said it's like. It's like death. It's the right. Ripper. Jack the Ripper. Jack the Reaper. Bang. Wrote it. Cool. Next day I ran to my buddy Billy and said, Man, you gotta you gotta come up with the music for this. And Very it was a cool. first take lyric. What I wrote was what we kept and what we recorded recently. Nice. All right. 
Well, let's do this. We're going to check it out. Then we're going to come back. We'll talk a little bit about your album, upcoming shows that you guys have, and uh, any other interesting things you want to share, okay? Alrighty, thank you. Okay, I'll put you on hold. Hold on, Stephen. All right, everyone. Again, you are listening to Stephen Keller, the guitarist from the band Ripped, and we're going to check out their hit single right now called Jack the Reaper. Please be sure to check out their album, download a copy of it. It is titled King of the World, and I definitely want to ask them about the meaning behind that. And uh, we're going to talk more about that when we come back, so check it out, Jack the Reaper, and we'll be back in a moment.
right, everyone, welcome back. Awesome track by Ripped, and again, it was titled Jack the Reaper. Please download a copy of their album. Really cool stuff, as he said. It definitely has a hint of classic rock, some uh, blues hard rock, and even some metal mixed in. So they got a really cool, unique sound going on. The title of their album that's out right now is called King of the World. So you can check them out by going to ReverbNation.com forward slash forward slash, sorry, long day, Ripped, New Jersey. And the band, again, is R-I-P-P-E-D and N-J. So check them out on Reverb Nation and uh, pick up a copy of their album. All right, let's bring Stephen back on and start talking more about the album and upcoming shows and all that good stuff. All right, Steve, cool track. Very, very cool. Great job. Yeah, thank you. You know, thanks for playing that. That's, uh, That's hard for me to, like, pick what song that... Like if you were to ask me which one to play, that's a good that's a good choice. <laughs> yeah, I like it for a variety of reasons. One, um, I just like you said, I think it, it definitely has a relevant sound, even though you guys have a really unique style going on. But it's also time wise, you know, in this day and age, they like the three minutes and kind of fifty seconds. So I thought that that was a great song just for radio play too. Yeah. yeah. You know, to hold the audience's attention, so. You know, sometimes songs go into the four or five minutes. People can get a little, you know, distracted. So I thought it was really cool. It's a great song and good, uh, perfect for radio. Yeah, I appreciate that. Thanks. You know, there's a, there's actually a movie now. The film is in pre-production mm-hmm. called uh, Beach Zombie Bingo. And uh, we're being cast to do some of the soundtrack on that. Oh, and, cool. Uh, I'll have to see how this develops. It's uh, The movie's set at the Jersey Shore circa 1977. So so Raven who's actually uh putting this movie together, he he hears that that 70s in there, you know. That's awesome. Yeah, that would be perfect yeah. outfit for your music. Yeah, again, you know, I'm I'm really looking forward to how this plays out cuz so far it's ripped and John Easdale from Drama Rama is going to be on there. The Surf nice. Legends, The Atlantics will be on there. And another band called Two Step with Marlon Brando. So I'm Very looking cool. forward to like writing some segues for some some whatever scenes he might need. I don't know what what that would be yet. But we've, no, he's going to use some of the music we've recorded, and we're going to record some some stuff specifically for that. That'd be great. Have you ever done that before? Have you ever had any of your music placed in any type of uh, film commercials, things like that? No, no, we haven't. Uh, that's actually one of the avenues that really interests me, too. Because when I write these songs or co-write them, whatever the case may be, I always hear the hook. Mm-hmm. That could be a commercial. You know, like Definitely. we have a song on the first album called Sweet Addiction. You know, I I could I can turn that into a Coca-Cola commercial. I just don't know where to get an application to do that. <laughs> it's hard, but you know yeah, Where do you get an application for that? I've... I've already got an application, but I would tell you one thing. I mean, I've done a lot of research, and I've had a few little placements here and there with my songs, more independent films. But you really should go online and just do searches. I mean, you can look for different types of ads. Um, There's always independent, you know, filmmakers who just don't have the huge budgets, you know, to pay these people out there, you know, these huge artists. So I think that's a great opportunity. Um, Go on. You know, you, you could go to Kickstarter or Indiegogo, those sites where people also are looking for money. You could even maybe contact some people if you see some interesting product going on and say, hey, I have some music. I think it might be a good fit. You never know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because that that does totally interest me. 
I've always been like, not to sound like, a, you know, it's a commercial, but I've always been interested in the commercial aspect of things. Mm-hmm. Like I was said, when I was a little kid, I'd make my own greeting cards. You know, they'd have windows and doors on them and original <laughs> poetry. And, you know, I didn't realize that people made a lot of money doing that stuff. Right. I didn't. <laughs> Definitely. Well, it's a, it's a great avenue for music today because, you know, as you know, the industry for people today who want to do this as a full-time career, it's, it's much different. And you would know more about this than me because I've only been doing this for a handful of years. But, you know, from 10 to 12 years ago when labels had money and budgets, I mean, it's very different with social media today and the fact that a lot of artists can pretty much do everything on their own, you know. So yeah, definitely well, it's, it's hard to make any money uh, with this the whole business model that's out there in the economy. You know, you really have to lock the play to do it. Yeah. Your real quick, your phone is giving some feedback. I don't know if it's another connection issue. Yeah, I'm not sure because I hear it too. It's, uh, it's Let me see. Try to say something. Hello. Oh, there you go. That's good. There you go. All right. Cool. I'll stand still. Yeah, definitely. Um, definitely seek some of that stuff out. And um, tell us a little bit about. Uh, do you have any upcoming shows that you want to come uh, promote? Yeah. Yes, yes. Let's see. We're doing a Hebe Music in Mount Holly, New Jersey. That's over in the Philly area, February 9th. That's a Saturday. And then after that, February 23rd, we're in New York City at Otto's Shrunken Head. Oh, nice. That's on 14th Street. That's a groovy place. And actually, uh, February 23rd, we're, we're playing there, but also in March and April. We're playing the last Saturdays of the month, February, March, and April. We're like the the house band there for for a couple months, and uh, we like to play New York City, so that's going to be cool. That's cool, and that's like our now, home base. And okay, over the I'm next most- couple months, keep checking the Reverb Nation page. We're going to be at the Saint in Asbury Park. We're going to be at Crossroads in Garwood, and uh, th- those are great. Those are great venues right now in the state. Definitely, so, well, definitely. definitely. Just keep up with the dot com slash and I keep that updated. And come June, we'll be uh, we'll be doing a benefit that we've been involved with, uh, Rock to Adopt. This is the Rock to Adopt three, and uh, we raise money for the Associated Humane Society, and and we actually play at Popcorn Park Zoo. My wife and I. Oh, nice. Are, yeah, we're benefactors there anyway. Now I got the band involved in that, and it, it goes over really well. It's like a festival. A bunch of bands get involved, and and we do an out. We play right at the uh, right at the park. Wow, that's really cool. That's a great cause to support. Yeah, yeah. So that's in June. Uh, there'll be more information on that soon. Okay. But, uh, you know, we we really enjoy. You know, that's one thing. You know, I, I haven't made a lot of money at music. But when we do benefits, you know, that, that that usually brings the money in. It's good to be able to raise money anyway. Yes, definitely. I agree with you know, that. Real, real quick, um, there's someone in the chat year. room. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, I was just saying it's just always it's always a pleasure when you can raise money for the animals or for MS or whatever sure. cause that, you know, we're doing at the time. Definitely. There's someone in the chat room. They tried to call in, but unfortunately they said they were having some difficulties calling into the station. So they wanted me to ask this question for you, okay? They want to know what you think about Aerosmith and how they were an influence to you and the band. Aerosmith, for me personally, and Brian McGee, is a major influence. Steven Tyler 
as a lyricist, I mean, that guy's words inspired me right from the get-go. The way he he puts words together and sometimes invents words to to, mm-hmm. to rhyme. Uh, I always found that interesting, and uh, and and further along with that, I mean, they're they're just a great rock and roll band. I mean, they got the groove, they got the blues. They, it all started from the blues. They took it somewhere else, but. Uh, also, I think Brian McGee would agree with me. Uh, we both love Aerosmith up until about Night in the Ruts. <laughs> and okay. then when they when they fell off the planet and then they came back and became even more successful the second time, which is fantastic, they really never grabbed us quite as much. Maybe Get a Grip was decent and hard rocking, but that that early Aerosmith was something. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, and and to further it, my favorite lyricist is Alice Cooper, and uh, Steven Tyler. Yeah. Yeah, they're both just yeah, like you said, just phenomenal, extremely talented individuals. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. So I hope that answers uh, our friend in the chat room, and he actually goes by the name Arrowsmith One Hundred and One. So there you go. Oh. <laughs> well, yeah, Smith Smith were the boys, man. Absolutely. Nice. So tell us a little bit about um, the concept of your album and uh, why did you title it? And again, I'm sorry, I'm a psychologist. I read into everything. Why did you title it King of the World? King of the World. King of the World. We I, we, we started playing that song right at the mm-hmm. end of the sessions for our first album. That song was written before the first album was finished. Okay. But due to the expense of the studio and the lack of time, we didn't record the song in time to make the first album. And I was disappointed in that for, for months. But then, after after playing that album for about a year, mm-hmm. and we were starting to write a few new songs, King of the World became the focal point of the record, the new album. You see how old I am? I call them records. <laughs> <laughs> it became the focal point of the album, and then, then uh, we, we had a theme going through it. And, and it all came back to King of the World. Uh, King of the World is basically uh, just my my view on uh, what if, you know, what if. You know, basically it's uh, it's wishful thinking. You know, everybody thinks they can change the world, and mm-hmm. you know what? It's just somebody's gonna somebody's gonna take it from you. And that's basically the uh, the whole storyline. You know, it's. Cool. Uh, you, you, it's about uh, rebirth and and climbing and rising to power and love and uh, basically losing it all. Right, right. Is it? And it's also about just having, hopefully, in some ways, you can a positive impact and you know maybe being some type of a, a leader, a role model for people. Yes, you know. Again, I think we all, you know, the intentions are always there, but there's mm-hmm. probably some. There's probably a little bit of a sarcasm in it too, right? Because the King reprise at the end of the end of the album pretty much, you know, it just puts a period on the end of the of the whole storyline. I think we all have really great intentions, and we also we all get caught up in our in, in our own power trips, right? And our own like narcissism and egos, like that type of thing. Yeah, yeah, and and then somebody else. They, you don't even see coming is going to take that from you. You know they they want they want to be right. the king, and uh, right. I think that's just been throughout history. Uh, 
without giving away the the album or anything, you know, basically that's it's just uh, yeah, it was just my like my that. view on on things, you know. I didn't write everything, but I I came up with the concept and talked to the guys about where I wanted to take it, and uh, we we built it together. And then you know you had Jack come in there. Jack's the bass player. He recorded the acoustic track on there. It sounds like the Allman Brothers uh, together. I mean, we just it just we just formed a nice loose story, and uh, there's cool. plenty of gaps in it, so the listener, the listener can actually can write it too, if that makes any sense. There's sure. a structure, but there's also space. Mhm. No, definitely. You know, it's interesting. I have to point out, and this is a real positive thing. And, and tell me what you think of this. It's really refreshing to see the way you talk about the band members. It seems like just you guys really have a passion, not only for writing, but you guys get along well together. Is, is that, am I making a good point there? Is that accurate? <laughs> it just, I think, you know what I mean? I think you're, you are. It's, uh, it's, it's hard because, because, yeah, we're all, you know, we've all been through this. Jeff Jeff was with, with Gordon Gaines and Nightlife, and he was one of the hotshot guitar players uh, mm-hmm. in the 80s and, and uh, early 90s. When he died, Gordon Gaines, uh, you know, Jeff, Jeff, I think, really lost a good friend and and uh, and, and and his link to the music business. He, Gordon Gaines was written up in Rolling Stone. I mean, wow. he was unknown, but he was written up because all the hotshot guitar players knew Gordon. He, he right. was phenomenal. So, so when when I finally met Jeff through through the bass player Jack, uh, he uh, you know we worked together as a three piece because Brian wasn't quite available yet, and Steve wasn't on board yet. He joined us during the recording of the first album, but okay. but Jeff Jeff uh, it was really refreshing to see somebody, you know I came in there with some ideas, and uh, he he helped build them. And uh, I think it's in a way I'm using Jeff as the example, but I think in a way Jack has been all over the industry for years and, you know, just in and out, in and out. Mm -hmm. Jack was never pushed to write and he has a lot of ideas because he was always like in the background of the group. And I said, no, 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 you pull that song out. You, you, you sing. And he sings all the harmonies. He's our Timothy B. Schmidt, like in the Eagles. He's got the high voice. Nice. He's right on. And he's got That's a whole cool. sense of melody that I didn't have before I met him. And in turn, I also toughened him up, and I got him rocking. He wrote a song on a new album that sounds like Kiss, <laughs> and, I, and I wrote <laughs> one that probably sounds like the, like the uh, <laughs> Mamas and the Papas. He, we, we've influenced each other. That's cool. Well, no, it's really cool to see you play off of each other. You try to bring out the strengths in each other. You know, it's unfortunate, you know, you like you're saying, you guys have been in the industry for a long time. I'm sure you've seen a lot of things. And, you know, usually, unfortunately, it's the band members having difficulties with each other. And in a, in a way, like you said, with your album, King of the World, you know, someone's trying to outdo the other person. But you guys seem to be just kind of this collaborative group and putting a lot of team effort together. And it seems like it, it works and it really makes you guys enjoy what you do. Yeah, well, well I'll tell you what, it's magic. When, when it, it, it's not, It's not a... Uh... It's not a chore when you're creating a song mm-hmm. when everybody's on the same page. Exactly. I mean, we come in with an idea. I mean, I mean the recording of this record, record again, here I go, the recording sessions okay. for this album were really quick because I think just we just go in and do it. Right. 
first album was more of a learning curve. It wasn't hard, but we, you know, it was a learning curve. Mm-hmm. This one, nah, just a matter of months, and you know, part wow. time because you know we have to get in there a couple hours. And, and so where did you um, where did you record it? Where did you record the album? We recorded this one at Metro Music in Bayville. Oh, okay. And, okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Buddy Ehrman did a great job uh, as the uh, as the engineer. He latched on to what we were looking for right away, and he really helped us. He really helped us a lot by once he knew what what we were looking for. He would have uh, he would basically basically help us like with the mixes as we recorded. When oh, cool. I went back in for the final mixes, they were really close. <laughs> they were really close. Nice. You know, he really really. He he was like George Martin. He he was like the sixth rip member. Really. I mean I, I really want to work with him again. That's great. That's really great. Now it's been it seems like you guys have had a really, you know, cool journey and just some really cool things have happened to you guys and I hope that some of these placements happen with the songs in that uh film you were talking about. That'll be really cool. Um I'm trying to think what else do you wanna briefly share before we wrap things up for the night with the audience about the band and yourself. Uh, I think I think we pretty much covered it. I know Brian McGee is uh, he's being uh, tapped into from from some other friends of ours that are about to tour the Midwest and even Taiwan and that's wow. uh, Doghouse Swine. So he might be on the road with them for a couple of weeks in uh, in March. They're working out the Taiwan details, but I think he's heading to the Midwest. Very cool. So that's that's pretty cool. You know, it's like we all, you know, we we all got to work. And and I told him, you do this, and you just anyone you meet, you know, you just uh, play some rip for them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just network and promote the stuff. And you, yeah, where can people right now, Stephen, uh, purchase the album? Is it on iTunes, all the major digital sites? King King of the World is on iTunes. Okay. And uh, Amazon. The first album is on cdbaby.com uh, slash mm-hmm. ripped one. That's the first album. And, uh, yeah, I'm just doing the iTunes now. I do have a limited edition of King of the World on disc. Basically, you get that through me or come to a show and pick that up. But uh, cool. the way that the way the industry's working now, it just makes sense to, to do the digital, even though I believe in the discs. I know. I still love that, too, but I agree with you. Unfortunately, you know, a lot of people just like to – you know, quickly go on, pay their 99 cents or whatever it is to buy the album, and then they download it and they have it ready to go. Yep, yep. But but anybody that's interested in the CD, pick one up because because uh, we go all out on the album covers. The first one you is do. a You do. You did a pack. great job. Oh, yeah, thank you, thank you. I really like that. I, that I was really you, cool. You know, speaking of Aerosmith, I was in the – we went into Best Buy this week. Jack mm-hmm. and I, the bass player and I, and I actually pulled up their new album and showed it to him. And it made me, you know, I, I didn't mean that I respect them very much, but I said, look sure. at this, the new Aerosmith album. It's terrible cover. What was it? <laughs> These are majors. How can they put this cover out? Yeah, I, Me, I spent so much time trying to make it look appealing. I know. Inside and out. You know, like what was on, um, I know. What was on Aerosmith's cover? Oh, it's like a cartoon. I, I can't even remember. It's it's just it's really wow. really. Yeah, and anyone that yeah, I'm not. Don't mean to be disinterested. Don't get upset, anyone. Because no, no, I, I think, really respect them. 
I agree with but you. I, just I think in general, whatever. What's I agree with you. I think, Stephen, in yeah. general, and I'm, we're ta- I'm just talking more in general terms, you know, a lot of these huge artists today, you, you look at these covers and you would think, right, with the labels that they're under, hopefully having a decent, you know, financial backing, I agree, they're doing some really just kind of cheap, quick covers. It's not like it was years yeah, ago yeah. where people put all this, you know, artistic effort into it. And I agree with you. I still love to see people do a good cover like you guys did and put a lot of thought into it, a lot of time into it. Yeah. Well, you know, I had the cover being worked on from Adam Klimovich uh, about six months ago. The album was only half done. Okay. And uh, I had I had Adam working on, on the cover, and he did a great job following what, what I uh, envisioned. So, That's But, cool. yeah, I mean, I didn't want to finish the music and be stuck without a cover delay in another two, three, four months. Right. Everything's got to work in tandem. Definitely. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Stephen. You did a great job tonight. And uh, if people weren't able to tune in to the live show, the podcast, once I close down the interview, it will be available. So I'd highly recommend keep promoting it. I'll do the same thing, and we'll get uh, get a lot of listens and a lot of uh, publicity for you. Excellent. Well, I want to thank you for having me on, and thanks for dealing with my uh, poor hearing. <laughs> no, you did. I hope. I think you. I hope you heard me okay. I thought you did a great job. Uh, thank you very much, and yeah. I, I hope to talk to you again soon. Okay, Steve. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a good, good night. night. Okay. Bye. All right, everyone. Again, that was Stephen Keller, the guitarist from the blues hard rock band with a hint of metal intertwined in it, titled Rip. So please download a copy of their album. As he said, it is available on iTunes and Amazon Music. It is called King of the World. And, again, we played their hit single tonight, Jack the Reaper. So if for some reason you tuned in a little late to the show, the podcast will be available once the show is over. So you can download it, you can stream it, um, or just uh, check it out. All right. So, again, thank you so much for tuning into the show. Next week we have a major band coming on. It is the hard rock metal band Digital Summer these guys are out everywhere. They're touring worldwide right now uh, with, uh, let me think off the top of my head, these guys are on tour with Nonpoint and some other huge bands, so you can probably check them out. And uh, go to digitalsummer.net. They're going to be coming on at 5 o'clock p.m. Eastern time. We're doing an early show just because of their tour right now, and they're playing shows pretty much every night for the next 30 days. They're coming on next Monday, that is, 5 o'clock p.m. Eastern time, and that is January 28th. So check out Digital Summer. It's going to be a great interview, too. Again, if you have a Twitter account, follow me at Carrie Edelman. If you follow me, I will follow you. Also, please become a fan of my show, The Carrie Edelman Show, on Facebook, and you can get all the up-to-date on upcoming interviews, events, and different things that are going on the show. And I also have a personal uh, page on Facebook, so if you want to interact with me that way, too, you can befriend me on Facebook. So thank you again, everyone, for tuning into the show. It was a great show with Stephen Keller from Ripped, really cool guy, and some really cool music that he has going on. I'm going to close the show with the title track, Leave It All Behind, off of my debut album, which is out on iTunes, Amazon Music, and all digital sites. So if you like what you hear, uh, it's a 10-song full-length album. You can download this track, or you can uh, download the whole album. Here it is, Leave It All Behind. Thank you so much, and have a great night.
With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.